in Vancouver and Faith Center Church, and you also have a campus in Kelso. Okay, so both places there. And then my pastor, Pastor Linda Sharkey from Spokane Faith Center. So give these pastors a hand. Thank you so much for being here, and I just appreciate it. And Miss Linda is having a um, Beth Jones in her church. It's a Friday night, November 4th, one night only. So it's going to be a girls thing. Get your girlfriends, drive to Spokane for an evening, spend the night, shop the next day. Be sure to be back Saturday night for church. That's all I'm saying. And just have a great time, but you don't want to miss Beth Jones. Amen? Awesome. And Miss Sandy, so excited to have you here again. I know it's going to be awesome. I've gotten so much out of it. Thank you again for being here. Let's give her an awesome welcome tonight as she comes to the stage. girls you go ahead and have a seat how many of you guys have not been here this all day today you just came late oh my goodness okay well let me catch you up for a second I'm Sandy Shearer from Tulsa Oklahoma so glad to be here absolutely love this church love the Fields family love everything about them have met so many great people here and I really feel honored that I'm even here and uh it, it's crazy that it's been just a day because to me it feels <laughs> it feels like we've been here a week is it not, you guys? Maybe it's just because um, I was speaking, but I don't know. But uh, it has been absolutely amazing. Um, what, we were, what I've been talking about this weekend is just if there's one thing I know. And um, it's, de it's different subjects on if there's one thing I know. So I'll get the girls that are not, that have not been here up to speed. Um, we, we started out this morning and we talked about there's one thing I know that God is real. And I just kind of um, gave a little bit of my testimony and how an experience that I had, a benchmark experience in my life that absolutely changed the course of my life forever and um, what kind of led up to that and how all of us have choices on um, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, whether we're going to hear from God, whether we're going to get in his will and, uh, or if we're just going to serve ourselves or for, what, for whatever reason. And so um, that was a, a big time in my life. The second one was if there's um, one thing I know, it's time to grow up. And that's ba basically forgetting what lies behind. And um, the whole story pretty much that I said this morning was just about um, forgetting your past. And it was a, just a cool benchmark experience that happened that, um, that I got called out and read, somebody read my mail and it was just really exactly what I wanted. And the, and the premise of that was that if I had not been obedient, and it's not about me, believe me, I was 19 years old, I didn't have a clue. If, if I had not uh, forgiven things in my past, I would have never gone on spiritually. And, and that's something that I really want to harp on, because I feel like so much, so much of the time that people, um, you know, talk about their past, or they think it has to be something really huge, like, oh my gosh, I was uh, beaten, or, or whatever, molested, or whatever, and it doesn't have to be huge, it can be something small. And if you are open, and if you pray, and you are listening to the Holy Spirit, He will show you, He will lead you and guide you into all truth, and He will show you maybe some areas that maybe you've been holding on to, which kind of goes into my next, um, 
my next subject was, if there's one thing I know, you have to forgive. And we talked about how God does not even hear your prayers if you don't forgive. Unforgiveness is the number one offense, and unforgiveness is the number one thing that we see at our church. When people come up to pray, it's the first, one of the very first things I ask. Besides, are you a Christian? Do you, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? It's, have you, do you have any offense or unforgiveness in your life before we even start praying? Because if you do, and you don't get rid of it right now, it's no use in us praying, okay? So um, I know it's brutal. It's been a, kind of a brutal, really in-your-face day, and I don't know why. I really wanted to come in here and talk about friends and, and um, how we all love each other and, you know, social media and let's all get on Pinterest, and it just did not happen. It was like, I mean, I really didn't want to talk, I mean, didn't want to talk about a couple of subjects. And I mean, you know, she was talking about just the, this week. I mean, just even during this week, I could not, I tried to, I, I ran a couple of things by some friends and they're like, no, you have to talk about that. You have to talk about that. And I'm like, mm, I really want to talk about something light and airy where all you guys are laughing the whole time and Lee feeling really good about yourselves. But you know what? What's great about this is it's God's Word, and it absolutely transforms each one of us, and it's better than a feel-good, believe me. Okay, so I've got two more I'm going to share with tonight, and they're going to kind of be intertwined, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you what both of them are. One is, if there's one thing I know, happiness is a choice. And the second one, if you're taking notes, um, if there's one thing I know, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. So... Um, my, the happiness is a choice. We all know that happiness is a choice. We, you know, we talked earlier about our husbands are not responsible, our spouses, um, our friends are not responsible for our happiness. We're responsible for our happiness. And the only way you're going to find happiness is through, yes, absolutely. So we know that. Um, so what I wanted to ask you guys today is, are you happy? And I want you just to kind of do a self-identification. Um, I just kind of want you to kind of identify some things in your life that um, one thing I want to say before I, before I move on, the forgetting what lies behind. I, am, I have a degree in counseling and um, in social work and it's with a specialty in counseling. And I never, once I became a Christian, we went through all these different kind of therapies and had to learn about it. And once I became a Christian and found out what the Word said, I'm a true believer in you deal with your past, you deal with it once, and you move on. You take care of it, and you don't have to return back to it, okay? And, and if the devil is trying to, or the enemy is trying to bring up your past to you constantly, and you have asked God um, to, to forgive you or to forgive that person, move on. That is a choice too. And you might have to just get strong with that, because the, the, the enemy wants to come in and make, you, make that become your identity, where my identity, I mean, there's people that their identity is, I can tell you, uh, I just had a conversation with someone. I said, oh, you remember that girl? It was the girl that, remember I said, it's the girl that had cancer with blonde hair or whatever. And I just started, and I really got checked about that later because I thought, you know what? That is not her, her identity. She is healed in Jesus' name. And I can't believe I just said that, you know? It's like, I mean, it just, you know, you can identify with that. Um, people identify and they get stuck in a moment, as we know. Um, so are you happy? Are you living the God kind of life? And do you even know how to live the God kind of life? Um, the God kind of life is freedom. And I believe that the God kind of life is what makes you happy. And it is available, available to everyone that um, makes Jesus the Lord of their life. He has already done everything, which you're going to see through this message, everything he's already done. And you can take that and you can make a choice to be happy every single moment of every single day. 
um, Bill and I, my husband, were watching TV one night, and we got hooked on these, and I don't know why this happened, but late at night, we got hooked on these um, uh, jail movies, these people that had gone to, pr- to prison. Now, I know you guys probably, you know, probably have done this, but I, we just start, I mean, it's just addicting, you know, we start watching it, and then it's like, you know, well, this guy went to prison, and, you know, and he starts talking, and this kind of stuff, and so we we just, we kind of had to stop watching it because it just got so crazy. And it, it just was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was dreaming about things, um, you know, thinking I was going to kill my husband, this kind of stuff. And so we said, okay, that is enough. We're not going to do that. And so um, I, I actually, at one of the ends of, the, of one of the shows, they said, they did this thing on prisoners. And they said, with prisoners, despite being offered a taste of freedom, 77% return after serving time. That is alarming. <laughs> That's alarming. We, um, at, uh, um, from Tulsa, and we have a women's ministry, and um, it's called Guts Girls because we're Guts Church, and so it's, it's Guts Girls. And we have a prison ministry, and we go out once a month, the second Thursday of every month, and we go to this women's um, facility. And you guys, it's, I think there's like 1,500 women at this women's facility, minimum security. Um, they run. We watch them run from their, their um, ce- not cells, but it's, it's minimum security. So they're kind of all like bunks or whatever. They run down the hill to come to the services and they are inundated with services. I mean, everybody you can think of, every church in Tulsa, which is the buckle, I think, of the Bible belt of, uh, of um, the United States, goes and ministers there and they still act like they've heard it for the very first time and they're just so hungry for it. And um, most of them only stay about 18 months. And so um, it's, just, it's just a very cool thing. And so I've seen with some of the girls and just ministering to them, and, and we've all the team that goes out there, it's really, oh, it's, it, just, it just will break your heart. And this isn't so much a plug for prison ministry, but it kind of is because um, what's so cool about us going out there is that you don't gain anything from it you personally, like you, you do because it's fulfilling. But what I'm saying is you're not going to get anything from that. You know, it's not like a meeting that you're going to go speak at and you're going to get asked to be at another meeting or, you know, this kind of thing. It's like, you have to want to go to prison to talk to these women. And let me tell you something, it is life changing for you. It's life changing for them and it's life changing for you. And that's what you get out of it. But it's absolutely um, devastating to hear some of their stories and just, you know, and when you start thinking this happened in my past and then you start hearing about them and things that they've dealt with and things that they're, you know, it's just, boy, it's, it's just, it's crazy. And what we have seen going out there every month is that um, they will get out and they'll, you know, they'll be all about their little kids that they've left at home. And then, uh, you know, six months later, we're out there speaking again, you know, every month, and there they are again. And they'll come up, and it's almost like homecoming. It's like, I'm back, you know, like you're at homecoming. And they're in prison, <laughs> you know. And so it's just, it's alarming that 77% of prisoners, um, they taste freedom, and they go right back into it. Um, some inmates released every early return. Some of the inmates that are, that are released early return within six months. So they may get out early, they say, hey, you're free, go do your thing, be great, and they come back within six months. Why is that? I think there's three reasons. One is they don't know how to live free. That's what I think. Two, they hang around people that help get them there in the first place. They go back into the same situation, they go back, they don't know how, they don't have the tools to be able to uh, change their lifestyle 
or change what's going on in their life. And then three, I think they're just comfortable living there. I think they don't, they've had such a bad upbringing that when they go back to prison, people know them and someone's telling them what to do. You go get in the shower, you go do this and you go do that. And that's probably the best parenting they've had their whole life. And so I just, I hate that. I just hate that kind of bondage. And um, I think people spiritually are, are this way. I think they're in bondage because they don't know the word. They don't know what God has done for them. And um, the, the girl that got up here on the stage and was talking about Jehovah Rapha and all that, I just leaned over to Christy and I said, this is so much of what I'm talking about tonight. Because I don't think even people even understand that what Jesus actually did on the cross. I think some people do. And I think we may have a head knowledge of it, but a lot of times I don't know that we actually know how to apply it or know how to, um, you know, get free in our lives. Um, so anyway, do you know how to live in freedom? Um, one of the things, now we're going over to the mind is a terrible thing to waste. One of the things that I think is amazing is our mind. And um, I talked about today a little bit about uh, Battlefield of the Mind with Joyce Meyer and how it's, I think that book should go with your Bible every single day. I think you should read a chapter every single day out of that, like you read Proverbs according to the date, like Proverbs 1, or if it's the if it's a 1st of October, Proverbs 1, whatever. I don't think you can read or get in you enough about your mind. Um, it, is, it is the battlefield. It's absolutely the battlefield, and that's where the devil wants to come in and take care of your mind, will, and your emotions. And we as women and people know that when the devil targets your mind, will, and emotions, it just leaves you completely stagnant. You can't even, I mean, sometimes you can't even think straight because you get so emotional and th when things are going on. But the, but the mind can be incredibly amazing too. Um, you know, your past, present, and future and all the creativity and the imaginations that you can have. Um, you know, an example of, of how crazy your mind is, you can go to breakfast this morning. You could have gone to breakfast this morning and all you're thinking about is lunch. What am I going to have for lunch? So you go to the office or whatever, and you're already thinking, I really want this from this restaurant. Now, y'all are all looking at me like you do not, you act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know you do this, okay? So you're thinking, okay, and for dinner, maybe, I, maybe we, we should go here. And you're, you're, at, you're at breakfast eating, and you're already deciding what you want for lunch and dinner. And sometimes it will just come up all day, and you think, and I'm, I don't even know if I can give you an example of something. What's someone's favorite food? Mexican. I mean, you could be thinking, okay, man, Mexican really sounds good tonight, you know, and all day you're thinking about Mexican food, and then you're thinking, well, which Mexican restaurant, and what am I going to get when I get there, and, you know, and that kind of thing, and before you know it, your whole day, you're, you're going to get Mexican that night, trust me, and so your mind just can take you somewhere that you didn't even know you were going, you know what I mean, within seconds. Um, I talked today about how, um, with, with the unforgiveness, about how that family and how, how I would drive to church, I'd be so, so engulfed in what I was going to say to this person when I got to the church and what she was going to say back to me. And if she says this, then I'm going to say this back to her and this kind of stuff. And I had a whole scenario that never even took place ever, ever to this day. And I already knew what I was going to say to her, what she was going to say back to me and how I was going to, you know, show her that I was right and this kind of stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm 10 minutes, you know, 10 miles at the church and have no idea how I got there. No idea if I stopped for every stoplight because I'm so engulfed in this conversation that never happened. It's, it's just crazy. Um, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, what you believe and become, what, what you believe will become the dominating force in your life. 
your inner dialogue. So whatever you say to you today, whatever you're saying to yourself today, and as we know, um, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. What are you thinking about? What is your inner dialogue? Like if I came up and said, hey, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm shy. I don't really, I'm not really a public speaker. I hate public speaking. You know, it's one of the worst fears anyone can ever have. Um, more than death, by the way. It's before death. Did you hear that, Shelby? <laughs> it's before death. And, um, and it's higher than death. Um, so people would rather die than, public, than speak publicly. That's, that's what's amazing to me. But, um, and I was there, believe me. But um, I have a high school friend that, um, that I haven't seen in years. And um, I, there's a big group of friends that we all go down to Destin every year. And we're down there um, this past April, and so we're all talking, and we, we're, I'm asking about this friend, because they all live in Jackson, Mississippi, in, you know, in the Mississippi area, and I'm in Oklahoma. So I'm asking about this friend, and this friend was beautiful in high school, absolutely beautiful, blonde hair, just every guy was in love with her, this kind of stuff, and I'm asking about her, and we started talking, and I said, you know, we all figured out her whole entire high school, every day she would say, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. And she was so beautiful. And, you know, you know, everybody's like, are you kidding? You are beautiful. Shut up. Every guy, you know, is in love with you or whatever the situation is. She's like, no, no, I'm fat. We're sitting around, and this is 30 year, 36 years later. We're all sitting around. Not one of us can think of her as not being fat to this day. It was the weirdest realization. It was like, I know she's not, but she talked about it so much that it, it became her identity. It became how we viewed her. And it's just, that's how crazy what you portray, what you identify with, and what you speak about yourself can become a reality, even if it's not true in the natural. Your words bring forth the power, and either for good or bad. It's your choice. Um, okay. John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, fill it till it overflows. If it falls under, if anything in your life falls under steal, kill, and destroy, it does not come from God. Okay, and I'm going to talk about this in just a little bit about how people get confused and they're like, well, God must have needed this person in heaven. And if, it, if it's kill, steal, and destroy, God, that's not our God, okay? We're going to talk about that in a minute. The number one thing that Satan what loves to attack is your mind. The devil brings thoughts, and we keep thinking on them, and then the devil will use your friends, your parents, your bosses, anybody to, to uh, come and just disrupt your life. Um, he lies to give us thoughts contrary to God's words, and he twists and alters things. Um, like, you can start thinking, I'm going to give you an example. Like, I know that there's kind of a trend going around that people don't need to come to church. They don't need to come to church. They can either watch a podcast during the week. They can watch services online, which you can. All those things are great. And uh, so there's kind of a, a thing going around in some of the Christian circles that you don't really have to go to church anymore. And whenever something like that happens, what do you do? You go directly to God's Word and find out what His Word says about it. And in Hebrews 10... 25, it says, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. 
So that is scripture saying you need to get together. You do not forsake the assembling. But what can happen is there can be, there can be talk, and it sounds good. It's like, hey, you don't need to go to church. Just watch it in your pajamas in front of the computer every single week. They don't need you. You know, you don't need to go there. They don't need you there. And it's completely contrary to what God's word says. So I just wanted to tell you guys, y'all need to be careful of that. That's, that's a random example um, of, the, you know, and it has to do with the church. But I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about like right now, it feels like society is all about love. And it's just love, 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 love. We just love everybody. And that's awesome. We do. And God is love. But there's also definite things in the word that are contrary to some of the things that are going on. And you don't need to be naive and think, well, you know, and let the voices of the internet or the voices of other people drown out what God's word said. His word is always the final authority. His word is, y'all, that's all we have. Let me help you. If I say nothing else in this entire day, God's word is all we have. Do you guys understand that? If you, you have to believe the entirety of it, not part of it, not the part that fits in your life, but the entirety of it. And um, it's all we have. It really is. Um, let's see. Reasoning. Okay, there's a lot of reasoning that comes in. Um, one of the reasonings that I, that I hear is a lot of people will say, well, you know what? Maybe God doesn't want me to get married. I mean, I've been you know, I've been a good girl, I've been, you know, I've, I thought I would meet my husband by now, but maybe he doesn't want me to get married, and, um, you know, God says he'll give you the desires of your heart, and I know there's some people that don't get married, I know there's some things that do happen, I know that, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but I know things happen that God's word says that are, that we have rights to, and that we can do, and he'll, he'll give us the desires of our heart, and why do those things happen, and we're going to talk about that. But this is the way I look at the mind, okay? When you're in high school, you go, you know, you, you, you go to high school and you think, okay, um, I'm going to go to high school. And then you go to college and you think, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. And then finally, you know, you meet your husband. So you get married. And then the devil immediately comes to you and says, you know what? You're never going to get pregnant. You're going you're gonna to be one of those girls that you're never going to get pregnant. You're going to have to go through everything. And, th- and this, is, this is what's going to happen. And you're sitting here and you're like, okay, you know, I don't believe that. I am going to get pregnant. So then after you do that, after you get pregnant, then he comes and tells you you're going to have a miscarriage within the first 12 weeks. And it's like, so then you're, you're in fear and your mind starts going crazy because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a miscarriage. And then after you get through the miscarriage stage, then they want to start testing you on disabilities with the kids. And they want to tell you that you might have a baby that has a disability or something. So then you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? My, I have two daughter, a daughter-in-law and a daughter that, that is pregnant. One just had a baby and one is having a baby. Having to make all these decisions, way more. I'm 55, way more than I had to when I was 55. I mean, when I was, you know, had kids. I can't even imagine some of the stuff that they have to decide on now. But anyway, so then you, so then um, when, when then you have the baby and you're about to have the baby and you're like, oh my gosh, what if it's stillborn? So the devil comes to you and says, your baby's going to be stillborn. And so then you're like, no, I'm going to get through that. Then the baby's born and then... Well, it's going to have SIDS. I'm going to wake up one morning, and it's going to be in its crib, and it's not going to be breathing. So they get these monitors, and they start watching, and then you can't sleep all night because you're watching your baby breathe, and you're going and and finding out everything that's happening. And so then that's when they're a baby, and you get through that baby part, and then 
they're a toddler and you start thinking, what if they choke? What if they choke on the Cheerios? What if they choke on the baby food that they're given? Or what if, what if I send them with someone and they get to the nursery at church and they give them something that I haven't approved? And, you know, and so it's like, it's, it's constantly on your mind and it's constantly like uh, just, just rattling your, yourself and just, uh, you're always in a, a, a um, just a, not a peaceful state. And then after they get through the, tr- they don't choke and they don't drown, and none of that happens, then they go to elementary school, and you start thinking, what if they get kidnapped on the way to the, bu- the bus? What if something happens where they get kidnapped? Or what if they go over and spend the night over at someone's house, and they get sexually molested by some brother that you didn't know was going to come over? Or some, you know, I mean, you can start thinking about that. So then they, they get through elementary school, and then they turn 16, and guess what? They start driving, and you, now you really have lost control. Because they're driving and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've heard about all these, you know, 16-year-old drivers and, you know, I don't know if I want them to get his license. And so the devil's telling you, don't ever let them drive. Don't ever let them do anything. You know, that, that works. Believe me. No, it doesn't. And then, and then after that, um, they start dating. And it's like, oh, man, I hope they date the right people. And are they going out in high school? And are they getting drunk? And are they doing drugs? And are they, you know, what are they doing? What are these parties are going to? Will they ever get homecoming queen? Will they ever make the team? I don't know if my kid's good enough to make the team. And then what do I do there? And once you get through that, then they go to college. And you start the process all over again. And that is the way I see the devil trying to harass everyone, is that you're never free because it's always a situation and you can always be scared over something, you know? I mean, I'm thinking, what was it just not too long ago before ISIS, something was going on and everyone, okay, think about, I don't, most of you guys may not know this, but like the year 2000 when all the member, oh my gosh, all the computers going to break down. So everyone went to the grocery store, everyone stockpiled. January 1st, after midnight, 12.01, nothing happened. But I'm telling you, you would have thought it was the end. It was the end. We're, 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 the rapture's here, you know, or something, you know. And now it's like, what president? Oh, my gosh, what president? Do you think God has control over the president? Oh, my, oh, you know, not even thinking that, like, the heart of the king is in the hand of, yes. It's like, I mean, the heart of, yeah, the heart of the king. What is it? Heart of the king is in the hand of the something ruler. And, and, you know, and we sit here and we try to get through life and things happen and, and, you know, we make sure that we're watching Real Housewives of Orange County. And you know what? That is the way I want my friendships to be. And, you know, we don't make enough money and you go home and you tell your husband, you know, you're not making enough money. We don't go on enough trips. You're all over social media. You're finding out everyone's going to Cabo, having the most amazing 30th birthday they've ever ever had, and you're the one that wasn't invited, and so you're thinking, okay, well, I'm leaving the church because they didn't invite me, and that has happened at our church, and, um, and just, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on if you don't get control of your mind, if you do not get control of what your thoughts are, and always apply it to God's Word. Okay, so, y'all still here? <laughs> okay, so we're going to start at the beginning. We're going back to the, um, the freedom part. In 1 Peter 2.24, and this is the good part, okay? Jesus, he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as, as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist, to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed, okay? 
Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed, present tense. Okay? So many people have no problem believing the sin part. They don't have any problem thinking over 2,000 years ago that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that we are going to heaven. Oh, my gosh, we're going to heaven, okay? And nobody has a problem with that. Well, how do you know that? How do you know? Like, have you seen God? (laughs) Have you seen Jesus? Have you um, talked to him audibly? Maybe some of you have. Have you... Have you felt, have you seen them physically? I mean, have you felt them physically? No. So how do you know that that is going to happen? It's by faith. Okay. You have to believe it. I mean, you believe it. We have no problem believing that. It's amazing. We have no problem believing that. And you should believe that. But what's crazy to me is that the second part, people have such a hard time believing. And it's, it's all, it all happened the exact same day on the same cross, Jesus took care of our sins and our sicknesses. Anything, it, it, he, he, okay, it says John 1, 12. Look at this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You were delegated authority to become a child of God the moment you got saved. When you asked Jesus to come into your life, Jesus came into your life, made you a new creature, and you were delegated authority. He gave you the delegated authority. Do you realize God has done everything he's going to do? We are here to carry out what needs to be done, okay? A lot of people think that that's like blasphemy. It's not. You, that's why Jesus died. <laughs> that's why Jesus went to the cross for you to be able to do this, for you to be able to have the God kind of life. You know, so many people think, someone asked me, well, I guess I could say this, but anyway, someone asked me recently, do you think that this certain person, because they're in this sin, is going to go to heaven or hell? And I said, well, there's only one question I have to ask. And they're like, what? What do you think? And I said, do they have Jesus in their heart? Have they asked Jesus to come in their heart? Well, yes, definitely, 100%. They love God. I said, but they're having an issue with the sin, right? And they're like, yes. And I said, well, they're just not going to live, if they continue in that sin, they're not going to live the God kind of life here on this earth. You know, when it says that you will not inherit the God kind of life, the God kind of life is God's way of doing things on this earth, as, on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't mean, you know, people that commit suicide. You know, we have a million people ask us that. Do you think that they went to hell? The question is not, did they commit suicide? The question is, were they a Christian? Did they love Jesus? I know, I know people that loved God, I know for sure, made Jesus the Lord of their life, and had a disease in their brain and in their emotions and ended up ending their life. And I 100% know I'll see them in heaven. Because you're not, that, that is, it's, it, you don't go to heaven because you're good. You don't go to heaven because you've done everything right. We can't do everything right. That's, that's, that's the disclaimer here. We can't. That's why we needed Jesus to come die for us and take care of our sins and sicknesses. So if I can have the 12 people come on up here that have the posters, I'm going to give you guys a little little uh, visual. I need, do we have six guys? Okay, and then I need six girls. Oh, he does? Okay. Okay, she's over here. So if y'all can just stand up and hold 
Stand up and hold your signs there. Oh my gosh. Give it up for the guys. Yes. That's awesome. Maybe we should have passed these out before the meeting, but how much time do we have? Four minutes. Okay. It doesn't have to be in any random, it can be randomly in order. Okay, so this is the deal. So when you accept Jesus into your life, you come over here and you're, you're everybody, I'd say 100%, says, you know what, I don't have any problem with sin because I don't, I don't want, I can believe that he took care of my sin. When they accept Jesus, they're like, he took care of my sin, and so I, can, I, can, I love that. I'm not going to hell. So I can go do whatever I want to do, and I want, and I want to go to heaven. But I, I believe that he took care of my sin. Nobody really has a problem with that. Okay, I'm going to put this down here. Okay, but then you get over here, and you see the past. And this is what we do. We say, you know, I do believe that God took care of my past on that cross, but you know what? You just won't, wouldn't believe what my past looks like. There's just no way. I know that he probably forgave some of it, maybe not all of it, but you know what? I kind of like part of my old past, so I can't rip this right now because they got really great paper <laughs> to put, I mean, or boards to put this on, but so they, you only believe like part of it. So it would be half, he'd be holding half, half of it would be on the ground. Then you come over here and you say, um, where is poverty? Poverty. Okay, poverty says that he died for our, for our poverty, poverty, that we are, we can be prosperous. You know what? Everyone's like, yes, I believe this. I can go on the best vacations. I can go do all kinds of things. Absolutely. He died for my finances. He died for, for my, my, that I'm not in poverty and I'm prosperous. So you know what? I'll keep that. So you keep that. Then, then you come over here and you say depression, man, oh, I know he, I know he died for my depression, but you don't know how dark it really gets. You don't know, and I know that his word says that he has healed me and that he's done all this on the cross, that Jesus took care of all this on the cross, but you know what? I don't, I don't know that I completely agree that he took my depression. So I'm just going to put this down here because I don't completely believe that. Sorry. Then we go to the broken heart, and you say, okay, Jesus died for your broken heart, but you know what? You have no idea. My husband cheated on me with my best friend, and whatever the situation is. So you know what? And I'm kind of identifying with it. I'm kind of, you know, people are feeling bad for me. And you know what? I can believe part of it, but you know what? I really hate him for that. So you know what? I'm not going to quite give up the broken heart. I do believe that Jesus went on, died on the cross. He did all that. He died on the cross for our sicknesses. But you know what? My grandmother, I know for sure, was believing God to the very end. We all believed. We all stood in faith, stood on the word, but you know what? She ended up passing away. So I don't believe that. Okay? And then you come over here and you say addiction. But you know what? You cannot imagine the addiction that, that, that I've had. I mean, it's ones that nobody... I mean, pornography? Well, you know what? They need to start taking down the, um, the billboards. They should have never put up any of those billboards. You know? They should never put it online. But you know what? I kind of like a little bit of the addiction, especially the part that nobody knows about that is in private, that my wife doesn't even know about. Sorry, my husband <laughs> doesn't know about. So, um, you know what? The addiction, yes, I do believe he did die on the cross for my addiction, but you know what? I'm liking it. 
And then you get over into fear. Have you all heard of ISIS? Do you know what ISIS is doing? Do you know what? They're saying that they're, the, the refugees are coming in 10,000 a day. What kind of, what kind of uh, sicknesses are they bringing across the border? What are they going to do? They say that so many of them are undocumented. So many, whatever your belief is, okay? And, you know, you know I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm scared about what's going to happen. I know that God can take care of it, but you know what? I think about ISIS every day. Then you get over here to dysfunctional behavior, any of these, dysfunctional behavior, death, sexual abuse. You have no idea what my dad did. Not me, but you're saying this. <laughs> Worry. Worry. Did I already come to you? Worry's my best friend. I love to worry. And you know what? My mom always worried. So you know what? It comes in the family. And I know what God's word says about it, that you're not supposed to worry, you're not supposed to fear, and that he already took care of it on the cross 2,000 years ago. But you know what? My mom was a worrier, and so it's genetic. I feel like it's genetic. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that worry. This is what Christians do every single day. All of us. You know, your thing may not have been up there, but this is the bottom line. The same day that Jesus died on that cross for our sins, he died for every single one of these boards, every one of these behaviors, every single one of these issues. Your choice what life you want to live. God is not going to send Jesus back to the cross to die on the cross again. This is a slap in his face for you to say, I don't believe that, or I'm not going to believe it because you're looking at circumstances or you're looking at what other people have done in your life. Oh, I'm never going to get married. All these disclaimers, I'm never going to get married again because I can't trust what, what another guy's going to do. That's, you can't do that. <laughs> that, is, that is not, that is so contrary to God's word. And you will be stuck. You will not be free. You will be stuck in the past. And you guys, it's little things. It's never the big things. It's never the huge, huge things. It's always the little things. And you may not even know it right now. It just may be way hidden down in there. And you know what? I mean, I just believe that God said he will, um, that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in all truth. And so you can, you know, that night that, that uh, I was in the bathroom and then the guy answered all of my questions in the bathroom from the night before. No one knew. I didn't know I was dealing with all that. Had no idea. But you know what? God did. And let me tell you something, he's a healing God. And I'm telling you, you have a choice today whom you're going to serve. You have a choice today if you want to live a free life, if you want to have a God kind of life, or you can, God will let you, let you live on this earth in misery. Because you know what? He's a God of, I mean, you have a choice. That's the beauty of it. He's not going to push anything on you. But you know what? You're in a great church here or great pastors that are here, every one of them that I met today. I'd go to any of the churches. I loved them. And I'm telling you, stay in the word, stay faithful, serve. I have about 20 other, if there's one things I don't, that I know that I didn't get to, but I felt like this was important because this kind of tied in everything else we talked about. So get rid of your past, deal with it and move on. Don't get stuck in the moment. Don't get that. Don't let that become your identity and forgive every single day, every single day, no offenses, water off a duck's back. You look at, you don't look at the person. You don't look at Christy. I never look at Christy and say, Christy, you offended me. I look at it like what spirit is behind Christy that's trying to get me off my game. 
That is the whole plan. So I'm here to tell you that. And you know what? You're going to have a great life. So choose this day who you serve and choose wisely. Okay? Thank you.